0: Good morning! This is Baron Vaughn from Mystery Science Theater 3000, and you are listening to Too Much Scrolling. I'll see you in the future. (laughs) Welcome to Too Much Scrolling for February 7th, 2023. I'm Steve Fodor. I'm Chip Flo. We're just a couple of guys just sitting around talking about things that are important to us. Hopefully, they're important to you. And if you need more information, there's so many great ways to find more information. Chip, I really expected more curmudgeonly uh, intro from you tonight. Well, Steve, you're the one who's living in the
1: frozen uh, tundra.
0: It's, it is cold out there. Groundhog Day came and went, and the groundhog saw its shadow six more weeks of winter. And uh, yeah, it, it is it is for realsies cold here in Illinois. You know, being in a shorts and sweatshirt,
1: you know, walking around the outside of my home has been very, very challenging, Steve. <laughs> Getting that dog out for the walk and almost having... To put on, you know, um, a socks with my shoes.
0: The struggle Uh, is
1: real. It is, Steve. So as you're enjoying the polar vortex, just remember, we may have some rain down here once in a while. (laughs) One day. Film at 11
0: brings to our film at 11, our movie of the week. The reason I've called you to this meeting, sir, is to talk about A Man Called Otto. This is the curmudgeon movie of the week. It is. Tom Hanks gets to play a curmudgeon, Steve. <laughs> this is based on the original story. This is a book that we read back in our fifth anniversary show back in 2019. And we did. We, we read A Man Called Uwe. And that was a great book. That was a lot of fun, wasn't it? That is that is a really touching, great story about how neighbors can work together and how we can help each other, even through, uh, you know, times in our life when we want to be grumpy or, well, sleepy sure. or sleepy.
1: Well, certainly. That, those all could be part of that. We also reviewed the movie, which you can find uh, on Amazon Prime. You'll have to watch it in its um, uh, native language, like a Scandinavian version of, of Spanish, Steve.
0: Scandinavian Spanish. <laughs> you'll
1: have to you'll have to read it, right?
0: Right. That one was released in twenty fifteen. So now we get the Americanized version of this with Tom Hanks in the lead role. How did this stand up? This stand, stood up really, really well. I'll go ahead and say seventy
1: five out of a hundred. This is a fun. Story to go and experience. Certainly, um, I have to say something about the theater that I saw it in. There was a lot of lint or something in the uh, in the air. Oh,
0: yeah. I
1: kept having to wipe my, wipe my eyes. Uh, tears were just coming through my eyes.
0: Okay. I, I can see how this is a touching story. And uh, th- there's a lot to the character of Otto here, right? A lot of eye sweat going on.
1: I saw it at the Alamo, Alamo Draft House. So I saw it in a, in a wonderful theater. There was one showing for that day, I think. Anyway, and there, this was released last year. If it's going to be nominated for some kind of award, it you know it, you know there's a reason why it could be. I, I do not think this is best picture of the year or anything like that. But I do think this is a really solid film um, about a curmudgeon, an, an old man mm-hmm. who's had some. Um, you know, the beginning of the movie they let him go from his job and uh they they bring out a uh cake for him and immediately the 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 knife goes down right in the middle of the picture of of him on the cake so it it shows you and how does Otto feel about that Steve well Otto feels like um well you guys wanted the cake you wanted me out of here the deal was is he was the complainer he was the guy that made sure everything was done just right, and he was the guy who trained all the people to be very careful at work. He was the, the perfect trainer, but at the, at some at some point, he is a burden to the people around him, mm-hmm. and he's he's got you know they've got to just let him go because he's the old guy and everybody else is doing their job and just and everybody just wants to kind of mellow out, Steve. They want to do their job. And not feel like they've got this person behind them just in such a regimented
0: uh, form. But isn't uh, isn't it important to a company that there are certain ways that things should be done? Isn't that important as well? Steve, you sat in meetings before. Yes. You know that person. Yes, you I know do.
1: that person. And that person can be very helpful at times but absolutely can make just everything miserable. And that's what he was. He got to the point where he was just making things miserable. So he's going to be forced out. He's retiring. Steve, what does he do? He's going to try to commit suicide. That's, That's exactly what Uwe tried to do. But every time he tries to do something to harm himself, there's a person in need. It's a neighbor. It's a cat. It's something that comes up, and every the world is full of idiots, Steve. And Otto and is going to make sure that, um, if it needs to be done and done right, he's going to be there to do that, okay. And um, he's the man who, you know, he's a little odd, he's got a street full of odd people. Um, he's very capable of doing stuff. He, um, he may be a little bit on the spectrum if you if that could be a a modern term, mm-hmm. um, very reserved. He found the most loving wife. And if you remember from the story, his wife passed away. And that's that was kind of what had set him on this path where it just became unbearable. And he was just kind of he's kind of unhappy. He's lucky that he had his, you know, international neighbors come move in. They're renters, of course, Steve. Real problem there. <laughs> but they are full of love and they've got children. Mm -hmm. And that's, uh, and young children at that. And which reminds uh, us of how important children are to older people and how important older people are to children. And I immediately thought of my father-in-law, of how he used to interact with my children. And a man who, his hair was always in the right place and stuff like that. My kids would do his hair up with a thousand bows. And he just loved it because... He's with little girls, mm-hmm. and he gets to, to um, just be the grandpa we all want to be. And that's what, what Uve or what, what Otto becomes, is the person we all want to be without being so regimented, mm-hmm. without being such a burden on those around us. But, you know, by the way, anytime he was trying to harm himself, everything was laid out The letters were put out. Everything was set up for that next, you know, for the person who found him. The the story, of course, is going to end with him passing. And what we learned from that is how much he touched an entire neighborhood. And it's a reminder that if you've got beef with your neighbors or something like that, probably let that go. On the grand scheme, everyone wants to live the good life. It doesn't help when you carry that type of uh, challenge and when the, um, the, the challenges and skills you have are not what other people have. Sharing those skills certainly can make everybody's life better. And he teaches the foreign person how to drive. He teaches, he comes in and helps out the neighbor that he has an argument with. He becomes this caring person but at the same time in his mind he's like
0: idiots i'm going to help you i'm going to save you i'm going to change your mind and in the in doing he becomes a caring person
1: yeah well
0: hmm. it's not he becomes a caring person he always has been a caring person hmm. it's
1: just that he has a hard time properly articulating it okay. putting it in context That's what his wife did for him because he's so thoughtful and considerate. But at the same time, it's always an inconvenience Mm. and he's always prepared. He has just the right tools, always available to him. He's got the, just the right skills. I I really do think this was um, a good film. I think that uh, people should enjoy it. I think there's a story there. That is very strong, and it's you know once again it's a little different than the Uve story because it takes place in the United States. They've they've changed some of the story. They've streamlined the story some. It does it take away some of it? Sure, but I think this is a very capable film, and I'm telling you, I enjoyed it.
0: Does it maintain the balance of comedy and drama from the original story? Is is there enough fun in this and and enough drama for that balance? Stevie beats up a clown. <laughs> what could be more fun than that?
1: <laughs> but there's a story to that, and I think that story is not lifted from the book. I think that story was added. Um, it was a way of defining the character. Mm-hmm. So something that was added. Was after the wife was injured, Uve um, went, and the school board wouldn't put in a ramp, so that the uh, mom, I'm sorry, so that the wife, who was a teacher, could go and teach. He's like, ah, well, Uve went and built a ramp for the mm-hmm. school. Well, that that's not part of this story, okay. so it's streamlined. Some things were taken out. That doesn't make mean that um, the message is not clear. Okay. The neighbors are a lot of fun. They've got a good cast. I do think they did a good
0: job. All right, I'm glad that you enjoyed that one. I have not seen it. Uh, big surprise there, uh, but let's we'll put that one on the list of movies to see when it gets to streaming.
1: Book it. Book it. Book it. Book it. Book it. Book it.
0: Book it. Book it. Brings us to our book and our book of the week. Oh, boy, Chip, you are going to love my discussion of a trilogy of books that I read this week. Well, the beautiful part is that you started with the first book, mm-hmm.
1: and you went to book two, and then you went to book three. Steve, that's a lot of, like,
0: it grabbed you. It, it really did. This this story really spoke to me on a level that I was not expecting. I read a trilogy of books featuring a character named Scarlett Bernard this week. The first one was called Dead Spots. It was published in 2012. Then the author, Melissa F. Olson, decided to put out a sequel called Trail of Dead in 2013, and the subsequent book, the next year, Hunter's Trail. I picked up this first book on a whim you know it has some great reviews on Amazon I went oh I'll read this book this trilogy really has something special going for it the story of scarlet bernard is the story of a null. this is a a world where there are vampires and werewolves and witches and scarlet bernard whenever any of these magical creatures gets within 10 feet of her she nullifies any of the magic that makes these characters blah 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 don't say blah 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 it's so interesting to think about what would happen to a vampire if their power their vampirism was suddenly taken away by this other creature and and they become human for a short amount of time human again steve Yes. human again. We've talked a couple of times about how these books really give us a, a view of humanity through these non-human characters. The vampires being the sophisticated, well-thought-through monsters, where the werewolves are the 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 id, the 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 animalistic tearing somebody apart kind of monster.
1: Well, what is fascinating about this is if I was some kind of creature, the ability to not be that creature, like imagine you could be a vampire, but you could go in, out in the sun. Yeah. Uh, you, you, you could go do something that you, you normally could not do. Or if you are, you know, I don't know how you would become a, a werewolf, but it would prevent you from going to this animalistic area that maybe you don't want to be
0: that out of control creature. The the werewolf stories generally are the person who's being turned into a werewolf does not want to be a werewolf. And did so you,
1: did you like in that part?
0: I did. <laughs> I really enjoy the storytelling that Melissa F. Olsen has put together in these books. These are her first three books. She's written a a whole series on the idea of this universe that she created. She's got some great universe building with all of these characters and how they interact. These first three books, Scarlet Bernard has a very difficult love triangle with two of the characters. People in her circle, one of them happens to be a werewolf and the other one is not a werewolf. He is a cop. The story of Scarlett Bernard, she becomes that character who can go and clean up situations where a werewolf or a vampire or a witch have had, uh let's say, an accident, and she's the one who goes and does the cleaning and gets rid of the evidence. The cop really does not like that job description. She is messing with a crime scene, and he wants to investigate from a human level, and she's got a job from the old world where they want to keep hidden there's great situations great humanity in this series
1: and so it's three different
0: stories here or is it one continuous story this is a trilogy this is one continuous story of how scarlet bernard gets through this particular situation and i really feared for her life in this story, I really thought that the author was going to wind up killing this main character by the end of the trilogy, because she is in huge mortal danger. And I really enjoyed thinking about how an author puts together a story like this. I I've never thought of a null until I read this story.
1: Well, Melissa Olson is our um, author And obviously, you know, what
0: probably makes a good story is Leinenkugel. (laughs) Yes, I agree with that completely. She was born and raised in Chippewa Falls, Wisconsin, the home of Leinenkugel's beer. uh, uh, One of the many brewery tours that I've taken in my life.
1: (laughs) So, Steve, I think I figured out why you like this uh, trilogy so much.
0: It is very Midwestern. There is such a Midwestern tone. These are the nicest werewolves and vampires you've ever met for sure. They might as well be Canadian. Yeah. In the summertime, you can have a shanty with them. Oh, I love a shanty. <laughs> I, re- I recommend this one highly. Uh, they are, these books are, you know, 12 years old, but they really do hold up. There there was some moments in the conversation where some of the technology that she wrote about twelve years ago is no longer valid technology. So take you know, keep they've keep- got a they've got a flip phone, Steve. There is one character with a flip phone. Of course <laughs> there is. Of course there is. Resistance is futile. Get yourself a smartphone. Those two G networks were were not we're kind of spotty, Steve. They were
1: amazing at the time though. They were trying to text something using those number keyboards. <laughs> yes. there, there,
0: there were a few moments like that in this book for sure. I, Give me another five or six minutes. I'll get this out. I'll get that. <laughs> this is a fun series. A great idea. I've never thought about. What if? The werewolves and the vampires and the witches lost their powers when they were in contact with a null. That is the Scarlet Bernard trilogy by Melissa F. Olson. Scroll with it. Or scroll with it. Uh, There's plenty of things happening in the world. Let's talk about almost none of them. Oh, the world of AI is still headed our way, Chip. It is. Alphabet, you know,
1: the parent company of Google. (laughs) Because we can't call the company Google, Steve.
0: No, that's not the company. There's a company that owns the company. There's a company that owns a company?
1: (laughs) Anyway, the the creator of Gmail feels that the new AI that's just released... Um, is going to disrupt Google in one to two years. Mm -hmm. That may be the end of the Google that we know, as in, you know, Steve, like that Yellow Pages book that you have.
0: And, And there's always disruption like that. There's always something else around the corner. And Google is aware of this, and they are working very hard to not be disrupted. They are working on their Lambda AI. They are, but they're the suggestion is that will even eat into
1: how they earn their revenue. So when you do searches and things of that nature, people pay to be up on the search list. In addition to that, uh, people pay to advertise, people pay. uh, Well, there's all sorts of ways that that Google makes money. Mm -hmm. And if you take away that, you're, you're seeing how vulnerable Uh, Meta, the parent company of Facebook. (laughs) How how, how vulnerable Facebook was when Mm -hmm. basically Apple cut off their ability to get revenue Mm -hmm. off off the iPhone and things of that nature.
0: I am excited about our future of AI and at the same time I'm trepidatious over what final outcome could come from all of this coding. I'm worried that a lot of people take the answers they get from Google to be truth, regardless of the the source. And the source of the data for the AI is is really nebulous, and I, and I worry about that.
1: Well, obviously, you know, the Chinese uh, government has never messed with any type of uh, search engine Yikes. at all. Yeah, and um, I just wanted to say that Google is always right, and I'd like I look forward to our AI
0: overlords. You just wanted to float that trial balloon <laughs> too soon? Oh, my. Oh, my. James Gunn announced uh, some new DC Universe movies this week.
1: He did. So for those who are not aware, we were familiar with the MCU, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, with Spider-Man and the Hulk and all those other, uh, the Avengers. Mm-hmm. Um, well, the other competing company was Superman and Batman. And they seem to have struggled putting together a coherent universe similar to what Marvel has been able to do, mm-hmm. which is something they have attempted to do multiple times. Tones been wrong. Stories have been dark. Blah, 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 blah. Well, James Gunn, the gentleman who was the director and one of the writers, I think, for Guardians of the Galaxy mm-hmm. uh, movies. Um, he was hired to take over the, the DC universe. And so we've got a new Superman movie that will be coming out in a couple of years, Steve.
0: Superman Legacy. I, I look forward to seeing the next. Boy, have you heard of Superman? Uh, there, there's There's some stories out there about him already. Well, there are. And one
1: of the um, tones they would like to take mm. is very similar to a book that was written a few years ago called All-Star Superman. It's by Grant Morrison, uh, Frank Quietly. Uh, and anyway, it is um, much more optimistic, okay. even though the the, the the Superman story is actually of his death. But regardless, there's going to be a much, um, certainly a, a much more true um, true. Justice in the American Way type of Superman coming our way.
0: Okay, um, we do that.
1: have. Don't worry, we got the the uh, the darkness. We got the Authority, which is a, a super team that kind of takes over the world type thing. All right, we got the Brave and the Bold, that's uh, Batman and Robin. This Robin will be his son. Um, this is also based off of uh, a Grant Morrison writing. Um, Robin's not necessarily a good guy. He just kind of wants to kill the bad guys and Batman is going to hold him back he's going to be the mentor of of his son um we've got a super girl movie coming out uh also and that was going to be uh based on a miniseries. I haven't read it's um based on a Tom King story and the idea is that Superman was or you know kal- kal- was sent to earth by by the parents um to save him he was sent to uh, to earth well supergirl she was like a i don't know an asteroid that survived with some people on it hmm. and she is a survivor of that but she really was surrounded by death and hmm. much has a much um darker story to tell she eventually makes her way to Earth, and the struggles maybe she went through with that, and then we have a horror um, movie that will be coming out called The Swamp Thing, based on Alan Moore's work.
0: Nice. I I look forward to more Swamp Thing. Uh, hopefully, a better version of Swamp Thing than we got in the nineteen eighties for sure. Well, there was a miniseries
1: that came out that they released. Actually, it was filmed down in Wilmington, North Carolina. Uh, and, um, they had to find where the alligators were when they were filming, because there's a couple of alligators living in that, uh, lake where they were filming and that, you know, they didn't want anybody to get injured, Steve. Yeah.
0: Uh, that, that's an important part of filming in the swamp is knowing where the alligators are. Read my lips. Alligators. <laughs> sports news. Time for sports news, Chip. All right. Sports news, Steve, for Super sports bowl. news. The Super Bowl, the really big bowl is coming to TV. It, live TV is still a thing, right? We can still watch live TV. And the Super Bowl is going to be on TV on Sunday, February
1: 12th. Exactly. It's going to be on Fox. It's going to have Philadelphia taking it on Kansas City. Patrick Holmes, Jalen Hurts, those are the quarterbacks. And it's going to uh, take place in uh, State Farm Stadium in Glendale, Arizona. So
0: it's going to be warm there, Steve. I've heard of that. I've heard of warm weather. One of these days, Chicago can get a dome so we can get a Super Bowl, huh? Well, that may happen, Steve. Uh-huh. And Rihanna
1: is going to play our halftime. She's going to be our halftime performer. And so and if you want to watch it on you know over the air you certainly can or through your cable service or streaming service but it's also going to be available on the NFL Plus app so you'll be able to watch it there if you don't have access to that.
0: And it's still big, right? Everybody's still watching the Super Bowl and the, and the commercials are still a big part of the whole situation, right? You're you're asking if it's big, Steve. This is like
1: one of the few things that as a you know as a United States American that you can talk to probably anybody. You don't even have to be a sports fan. You're going to go to the party. You're going to have somebody make wings and somebody make some kind of dip. You're going to eat some cheese. You're going to watch the football. You're going to uh, talk to your neighbors, whatever you end up doing during that time. So it's a big social. It's a big party. Awesome. And of course it takes place, you know, 6.30 in the evening on Sunday because, you know, why would you do it, um, on, you know, the weekend of... I don't know Martin Luther King's birthday or President's Day. You know, someday there's a three-day weekend, but no, we got all get to go to work on Monday,
0: or maybe they go to work on Monday, maybe, and maybe maybe everyone will be a little bit slower on Monday morning. Yes, yes, yes. Nice. So
1: uh, it is going to be very highly rated. We've got two good teams, and it's just one of the few things that we we know that you can hit a large audience.
0: All right. Sounds like fun. I look forward to watching the Super Bowl and the halftime. Rihanna and uh, Patrick Mahomes and Jalen Hurts. I hope he's feeling better. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know, Chip. I think we have enough information to survive another week. What do you think? Only if we can come back next week, Steve. I think we can. We would love to hear from you. Give us a call or a text. Our phone number is 805 4104 TMS. Our website is too much scrolling.com. Our email is too scrolling at gmail.com. We're still on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. We're on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and YouTube. And you can always ask your smart speaker to play the latest episode of Too Much Scrolling. I want to thank you again for listening to Too Much Scrolling. I'm Steve Fodor. I'm Chip Hessenflug. We'll see you in the future. What time's the game start?